Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is reimagining senior care. So seniors have lived throughout their lives, and of course, they want to live a very comfortable, a healthy, and a safe life for the rest of the, you know, the tenure, what they have uh, remaining. But at the same time, they also are today dealing with loneliness, financial predators who could be uh, causing them issues. And also, of course, they have aging, which brings its own challenges as well as illness. So healthcare has made great progress and keeping them alive and as much as possible healthy, but it also comes with some costs and average living costs are rising too. So what it does, it creates challenges on multiple fronts and they also as seniors want to stay financially secure. So, so what are organizations who are serving this segment, this target customer base, And how are they leveraging technology to reimagine their own business models, the products and the services they offer and the delivery and the experience they offer to these seniors so that they have the best life uh, that they can live. So to discuss this, I have Andrea uh, uh, Cicciolini, Global Chief Information Officer for Amplifon. Hey, Andrea, how are you? I'm doing great, Sanjay, and you? Very good, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's jump right in. Um, as I mentioned that there are some challenges, of course, which of course, as people from outside understand, but then what are some of the not so obvious challenges and the ones which are top reported challenges which seniors say are um, making their life difficult, relatively difficult to live? Yeah, thank you for Sanjok for the great question, also for the opportunity to be on uh, on your show. Before getting into your uh, your question, let me just make sure your audience uh, understands what I do, what is Amplifone, because I think this will give you a little bit of a more background on uh, where we operate and why it's important uh, this segment of customer for us. Amplifone is uh, the number one leader in the world in the hearing care uh, retail industry. So. Uh, we really are number one or number two in every market, in each market where we operate, 11,000 point of sales, 17,000 people, 1.7 billion euros was our revenue in 2019. So we are the number one in our industry helping uh, elderly people in giving them the joy of sound, giving back that emotion. And so um, in this moment where uh, really, uh, the virus, the pandemic, and, and, and social interaction has been definitely impacted for all of us, uh, not just only our customer base. I think Amplifon is playing absolutely a critical role. I have, uh, for instance, one of the examples on the challenges that, uh, that I, I really didn't expect to hear, but obviously, probably we have also experienced it in our personal life, interacting with our families and friends, is that wearing a mask is really making sounds more difficult. And so we are exactly in that, in that industry. And so uh, for the older generations, uh, let me tell you, um, 
uh, I had the opportunity to visit a couple of our stores and shops and, and attending on a couple of fitting sessions uh, where really our customers try out our products. Um, their reaction is just amazing. And if you are around a person that is missing part of the conversation, it's like missing part of their day, part, part of their interaction. So uh, in our case, uh, really providing clear instructions on how to deal with masks, giving instruction to the caregivers that are around uh, their family members uh, on how to interact in those situations, wearing a mask has been extremely helpful and extremely powerful and, uh, and also appreciated by, by our population that we deal with uh, every single day in our thousands of shops. So when you are talking about, of course, that's your background and you serve a certain you know, you serve, you serve seniors from a certain dimension, right? You're yeah. helping them with hearing. But that yeah. individual has got so many different dimensions. So if, if you look at yourself to be part of a bigger ecosystem and with yeah. that whole village, that's what I would call it, that let's take that ecosystem to be seen as a village where different, the whole, it takes a whole village to serve a senior well. So when you talk to your other ecosystem partners, have you been able to successfully at least identify that, hey, what all this village needs to do so that this person doesn't get just one of their problems solved and it is not an isolated or individualistic approach in the senior care industry. It's the whole value chain which takes care of the senior yeah. in a holistic manner. In, if you no, take a, that dimension, yeah. what would you say is the senior asking for today? How they, yeah. how they need to be helped and how they need to be taken care of? Yeah, look, in my opinion, there are two dimensions, uh, Sanjok, that we as an ecosystem of providers uh, need to take in consideration. And I'm offering this point of view to your audience and yourself as, as a starting point. First of all, uh, the choices of our customers are mainly driven by trust. Uh, obviously, we have a tremendous brand, as I told you, is number one in the market. Our products are phenomenal, and, and the way our doctors operate in our shops are uh, extremely well thought. But at the end, it comes down to trust. And, uh, and we, what we have experienced is that uh, with our customers and a specific doctor in a shop, they develop a personal relationship, and they will not change from one shop to the other to break that trust. So, first of all, we need to be sensitive and sensible that uh, choice uh, is really driven by, by that. And the second part that probably um, is more contextual considering what we are experiencing right now is the ability to be connected without the proximity, without leaving your home, telemedicine, remote care. Uh, these two dimensions to keep the trust, to keep the communication open, to make sure that our customers in this phase of their life are really well taken care of and we can follow their trajectory, uh, that we remove the anxiety, the risk of in this specific situation to go out, to be exposed to, uh, again, to risk and, uh, and eventually uh, side effects. Uh, th these are the two dimensions that we think as a broader ecosystem uh, we need to develop and, and, and maybe there is a third dimension but uh, to be honest we are exploring it right now if there is an opportunity really to create multi-service uh, within our facility so that when 
one of our customers gets in, they can get more services and, and, and more opportunities uh, to be serviced beyond and uh, laterally to what we, we normally offer. Just because you really want to maximize uh, the fact that our uh, customers are getting out of their home. I see this as three factors that our industry, in my opinion, should take care of. So among all the different flavors that you gave, which all would yeah. you say are more chronic in nature and which ones are you delighted to share that you have solved them? No, this, but look, um, uh, Luca Marini, that is uh, one of our leaders in the communication department, actually the leader, he, he, he one day told me one fantastic example. He said, you know, Andrea, what is the worst com- or the competitor of Netflix? And I said, oh, look at what it is, sleep. <laughs> I said, wow, that's funny. And, and then introducing me to the industry, said, you know, what is the biggest competitor that we have in hearing care? Uh, I said, what is it? Stigma. So nowadays, in particular in our, in our industry, and I don't know if you and George share the same view I do, but if you see somebody wearing an hearing aid, um, and, and, the, and our customers as well, um, they don't feel like it's like wearing a pair of glasses, okay? Uh, so I- I even at the beginning, when people start having small or mild hearing losses before getting into the shop, before meeting one of our doctors and be checked out, it takes a while. So this is why it's also important that the people surrounding the, the family, what we call the caregivers, are extremely well informed and we have a specific programs to that. So they're able to really help uh, to make that step, to win uh, the stigma and, uh, uh, and to really be um, taken care, literally, because as soon as they start wearing our uh, devices, uh, it's a life-changing type of experience, and I witnessed this uh, firsthand. Now, so, so when you are talking about the, the, the answer that you gave is pretty good. I wanted to almost like inventory yeah. what things you feel are kind of challenges ahead of us. See, some of the problems and then seniors have been around, right? We will also grow older and follow or basically we will be belonging to that community very soon. So what Mm -hmm. ideally we could be doing is to be proactive that the challenges which many, many generations of seniors have faced, hopefully we should not be facing. And that means we have to take ownership. And for us to take ownership, we at least have to know what is to be solved, why is it not getting solved, and then take some corrective measures. And then secondly is what are the new challenges which are coming up in the horizon because of whether it's technological advancement or or the speed or the way the societies are changing, the way individualistic approach is changing versus living together, you people are going and staying individually. So there's a social, political, financial type of upheavals that are happening globally which are causing issues and which will call a cause upheavals for the next generation of seniors who we will be looking to help live in a safe and a healthy and a secure life. So what what would you say, put yourself in the shoes of someone who's going to reach there soon. What Mm -hmm. do you see you will be grappling with? What new things which have not yet happened, you will be grappling with. And what are some Mm -hmm. of the things you are relieved that you will not be grappling with? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but look, uh, I'm going to be turning 50 this year, okay, so big step for me. So, uh, I think what I wish, uh, and, and also, it's not going to be so distant in the future, I have to uh, be honest with you. 
is a frictionless experience among different touch points in the in the journey of each one of our customers today, out of which I can maybe one in, in the future. So what I mean is every time uh, I enjoy or I need to uh, leverage store services or I need to have uh, my hearing device tuned or my caregiver needs to have an information about me, uh, that everything around this experience, every single touch point that in my daily life uh, I need to have to, to really enjoy and have a fully uh, experience, a full experience of my day, this experience needs to be really frictionless. And this is where technology can really play a big role, but also we have to admit that uh, in this moment, our customer base has an average between 75 to 80, 82. This is the age span where we have most of our customers. And and nowadays, probably, uh, they are not the most technology advanced and probably uh, they are, have a different interaction uh, and use of, uh, of the devices that are common. So probably what is going to help in the future is that we are more technology savvy nowadays. And so when we're going to get in older, probably there will be less barriers in using uh, these type of services. The second part that for me and and, and, and really passionate about it also for my past career in the life science industry is affordability of care. So uh, Amplifone, and I'm really proud about what I'm about to say, is one of the few companies that has a value proposition, the free trial. So you can get in in specific regions and shops in our, in our network, and you can try our products for a number of days. And if you're happy, you keep it and you buy it. And if you're not happy, you give it back. Because what you're going to enjoy is the experience of our product, but also you're going to be checked by a doctor. You're going to experience a new lifestyle with this type of devices. And then during an extended period of time, that can be more than 20 days, you can make your own determination if this is going to be good for you. And then, so this very low barrier to access to this type of products and technology is very important to me. And then there are different plans, different the categories of products from the most expensive to the less, least expensive and so on and so forth. So making sure we, we can really support a broader range of customers. But what I'm really passionate about, and, and I'm very happy of this uh, uh, founding pillar of our strategy and go-to-market ideas is uh, uh, really open doors about people getting in and try uh, our products and, and to really experience the, the, the the beauty of uh, the beauty of sound and be connected back with all the surroundings. So as I'm sure you would agree that people yeah. don't buy anybody's products. They try to solve their own problems. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you look at that and mm. we look at the different advancements that we have had in the technology, in the way we are able to connect with anyone and anytime and anywhere, and yeah. the speed we have been able to develop in how a care is delivered, how a product is put to market, how a product update is put out in the market. What do you think are the good shiny things we can pursue to advance senior care, leveraging the technology, the connectivity and the execution agility we have available now? Yeah, but look, probably paramount and number one is safety. So I'm going to give you just an example. And um, uh, today uh, we are developing uh, under our own Amplifon brand specific hearing aids that are connected through our proprietary app, uh, out of which you have 
the entire ecosystem of services uh, that control the device, monitor the usage, and, uh, and you can tap and immediately being connected with uh, uh, an healthcare professional in case you need a tune, you have a question, and you can be remotely supported in any moment of need. Um, let me tell you, that is pretty powerful, in my opinion. It's powerful because, first of all, from a technology standpoint, it's not, uh, it's not easy to perform this type of processes in a seamless way. And secondly, you have to develop in a way that is user-friendly for the edge band and the edge span of our customer base. Uh, this is a big investment that we make even in the future. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty bold strategy, I have to admit, because we understand right now that the real value of our industry is not the technology that is within the hearing aid. That is very complex. There are super complex algorithms within the hardware and the firmware of the hearing aid itself. But the experience and, uh, and what our customer base need to support their daily life, this is something we want to design internally. This is proprietary to us because we're very passionate about it. And, uh, and in my opinion, this is also where the big bucks are going from an Amplifone R&D standpoint to design the experience that reinforces our brand, uh, creates additional loyalty with, uh, with our customer, and ultimately, and, and this is the big finale that is going to uh, create the, 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 the loop back, is the tremendous amount of data that we are gathering about use, uh, about hours in the day, about we can even track the moment where one of our customers decides to take off the hearing aid and put it somewhere and we are counting that time and then we can have a conversation because our doctors have a cockpit where person by person they can really see all the trends and so next time they connect, the, our customers connect with the doctors or they get in in one of our stores, we have the entire history, we can have a conversation based on facts. And again, going back to the stigma or, or abilities of our customers really to and discipline to use our products to have those facts in front is a more rich conversation and and at the same time uh, you know uh, you can demonstrate that you really care because you have the data in front of you you can really have a, a personal interaction and uh, and that creates that bonding that for us is very very important so who would you say your ecosystem partners are so you offer hearing aid then you could be connecting it to google i'm just just i don't want to name specific providers but you could take someone who also connects with an internet of things type of an app, or there could be other interesting innovative ways by you partnering with some other companies who may have their yeah. own products and solutions and services to deliver a certain solution to the problem that a senior is looking for. What are those? Yeah, I believe uh, we are insisting into the big trend of electronic medical records. Uh, if you if you feel for a second and you think for a second, hearing aid is a wearable. It's nothing different than your. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I yeah. can. Sorry about that. So it's nothing different than your Apple Watch or, or a Fitbit. It's just a different use, obviously, but it's a wearable. So we are insisting in exactly the same industry. So our strategy in the future and our ecosystem of partnering is contributing to the medical record of uh, uh, each one of us, adding the dimensions that we control. We can be feeder of additional information or uh, act as a concentrator of other data around the health and, uh, and lifestyle of our, of our consumers and customers. Uh, 
Um, on the other side, uh, insurance, insurances in general have always been very angry about data and we collect so much amount of data. And so in tweaking policies, in understanding what is the right level of premiums for uh, providing the extra, the exceptional support for, uh, uh, for their base uh, is another dimension. From a technology standpoint, we're working with all the major cloud providers. You can imagine also to, because there is, this technology is pretty complex if you think for a second. So we wanna make sure that it's always available, safe, secure, and scalable. So every single cloud provider you have in mind, the big three or fours, um, we have infrastructure in their premises and data centers that is uh, uh, very much connected with uh, all the devices that we have. And in our case, are really uh, hundreds of thousands of devices that sense data every single minute and second for us to analyze, concentrate, public, push on the screen of our doctor. So pretty complex and uh, very futuristic infrastructure. But uh, uh, I believe, you know, I believe we are building the, the, the seeds of a platform business. And uh, it's a little bit like the hardware and software industry. If you are on the hardware side, well, probably the margins are not there. If you are on the operating system side, probably this is where you can really grow and prosper. Uh, we want to be on the software, uh, on the platform side, on the operating system of our devices. And, and it's actually very exciting uh, as a CIO uh, to be at the center of this conversation. It's, um, you know, uh, IT departments in general sometimes uh, don't feel like they are in the middle of the conversation when it comes down to the most critical business strategies and, and business that you that can make the, uh, let me say, the profit or represents the future of the company. It's, in my case, I'm really at the center and sometimes I love it and sometimes it's a big headache to be also honest with you on that. <laughs> All right, so let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Andrea, when we come back, let's kind of abstract ourselves from Amplifon for a second. Let's put ourselves as a senior who is looking for a set of people who would be very attentive, would be compassionate, and will be very talented because my dependence as a senior would keep increasing uh, on such people who can support me in uh, changing or uncertain times. So it could be a healthcare provider, it could be the family, it could be any third-party community of, uh, you know, community organizations who are there to support seniors. So while you provide a solution which takes care of a specific problem and you're partnering with some other technology and platform providers to give a bigger technology solution, let's step away from that just a bit and think what type of people we need to develop who would be most uh, effective in delivering senior care, leveraging all the technologies and platforms that you and other your ecosystem partners are providing. Because eventually these seniors are humans and they will be looking for humans who are working alongside them to help them and deliver the senior care. So let's explore this a bit. Listeners, please, we'll come back after this break. Please stay tuned. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Dot com.
listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Andrea, you are turning 50 and I'm already 51. So we are progressing towards the senior uh, <laughs> dimension of our lives, right? So, so that's why I'm getting personally also involved in this discussion because I'm thinking I will get Amplifon to perhaps give me hearing aid. You might give us some software which will connect. You might have some ecosystem partners who will give me some tools and solutions. But frankly, I would have increasing dependence on people who could be supporting me from family, from um, maybe uh, a healthcare provider or anyone else as the time goes on. I hope not, but some of these things are inevitable. So if we were to make senior care more effective as the time goes on by the time when we get to that point, what do we need to do in the mindset and the skills and the competencies of the people that we need to develop who will be there to support us leveraging the technologies and platforms you and your other uh, ecosystem partners are going to deliver? Yeah. What, what should we, let's talk people. Let's, let's talk about how to develop the best possible people who will support seniors. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a fantastic question. So uh, let, let's really think about for a second, let's put... Uh, a typical customer of ours at the center. And so uh, between 75, 78, 80, 82, this is the average, as I said before. And, and let's have a look at the ecosystem of profiles and, and individuals and personas, if you will, uh, around that individual. Uh, let me go through two or three uh, touch points, right? First of all, uh, call centers, okay? Uh, part of our business is to be connected through call centers to our customers. Uh, we all have an experience with call center. I mean, every time you have to call an 800 numbers, it's, a, it's kind of a chance, right? Sometimes you have fantastic experiencing, sometimes you don't. Considering the profile of our, of our customers, we have specialized training, specialized program, and we really, really care that that interaction is done in the right way, considering the conversation that is going on and, uh, uh, and the needs that our customers have. Um, you cannot just go and, and open up a call center anywhere in the world and just hire anybody. Uh, you have to be extremely careful. And what I think is going to be common to all the personas that I'm going to be going through with you is probably one attribute that we really think is extremely important. That is empathy. Uh, nowadays, I, I don't know, we spend enough time in really understanding, debating, and deep diving on this simple word, but empathy, demonstrating that you really care, genuinely care, it's, uh, it removes a lot of barriers. And remember what I, I just said a couple of minutes ago, uh, trust in, in, uh, in our customer base and is still the major driver. So considering that you want to be in control of the entire experience of our consumers and customers with us, every single touch point needs to be very well designed and organized. And the follow through in terms of qualification is to be a very strict and the, and the discipline is to be very high. So we started with the call center. The second uh, big, big element is our ability to educate our doctor's community. Uh, you may have a family doctor, and there are doctors also that work in our shops. There needs to be connection. 
between these two. So we have programs designed to educate family doctors on our technologies, newest generation products in detecting early signs of uh, mild or severe hearing loss. And so it's like a team sport. And so in uh, making sure that between these two doctors, okay, there is a communication channel so our customers don't feel like they are alone. They have to repeat their story each time and they are new uh, to every time they enter in our, uh, in our shops is extremely important. And uh, another extremely important uh, steps, and I'll comment on uh, the doctors in our shops in a second because it, it deserves a little bit of a uh, longer conversation are, uh, are the caregivers, uh, daughters, sons, uh, wives, and, and, uh, and husbands. I mean, the supporting system of our uh, customer base is extremely important because you know what happens is that uh, in our case, our customers are probably not the first one willing to step in into one of our stores. Somebody normally pushes them a little bit when too much is too much, when the volume of the TV is too high, or when they are missing a big part of their daily life and conversation. This is where a little bit of a push is needed. And so we have program in place so that the caregiver can be part of, the, of this experience in a supporting role, uh, avoiding the stigma effect and making sure that uh, our customers get in our uh, stores with, uh, with confidence. And then, and then, as I said, it's about the doctors that we have in the shops. Um, the, the empathy that they use every time they greet a new customer, every time considering our go-to-market strategy, basically, you, once you buy one of our products, you have a free service for the entire lifetime. You can get in, get in and out and get service, have a conversation, have a cleanup as many times as you want for free. So this is where you really develop a personal relationship. And, and the empathy element that I was mentioning before is key. You can see it. Uh, when these people just have the conversation with the doctors, it's, it's like they're meeting a family member. And our doctors actually know the name of their sons and nephews and the history, college, and here and there. And it's, it's actually a moment where I can see the people connecting. And at the same time, they're taking care of their, um, of their health and, their, and providing a, a better experience in their daily life. So um, our, the population of people that we meet, we serve, uh, and we want to make sure uh, enjoy their life, I think are very much attracted by these elements. And for which, let me tell you, in the background, uh, there is a lot of effort going on making sure that things happen really flawlessly, frictionless, and, uh, and with a lot of care and empathy. Now, when you talk about empathy, now, empathy you cannot train people with right? Yep. So empathy could either come up as a way of someone's upbringing, or maybe you create an environment and slowly have more people with um, ingrained empathy to join. So other people, everyone has empathy, essentially, it gets subdued as based on their experiences. But if you build an environment where more and more people are hired who have innate empathy, then that would help rub the right way to other people. But that's all yep. intentional, right? Yep. And that's also to be done, not only in the company that you are with, that is Amplifon, but it has to happen in the ecosystem, but you can only influence them perhaps, not control yep. because it's somebody else's company. So what's a realistic way for the ecosystem partners that you have, and even the providers, right? The healthcare provider, the hospice, you mm -hmm. name it. How do you, you have to, how do you influence yeah. them? 
to introduce yeah. this empathy because you said that's the central point. But look, you firstly have to show that you care, that you care about that. And so uh, we, we really have specific programs uh, where area managers, supervisors sit in, really. They go into the shops, they attend the visits, they are sitting with uh, our customers and their respective doctors, they're listening in to our call center calls. We have a number of checkpoints just to make sure that the experience is delivered every time in the way we want. It's really intentional and deliberate. And, uh, and we provide generous feedbacks. There are scoring mechanisms for every store and every shop about a number of dimensions. And one is specifically about the way we carry the relationship and the conversation with our customers. Then there are more other more common metrics like any retail, okay? So uh, the status of, I don't know, the environment, the lights, the desk, and here and there, more, let me say, common uh, type of metrics. But we have specific training, specific programs, and measures because at the end, what we will measure will happen to make sure that uh, we show it is important to us. Training programs. Uh, we have a specific division within our retail excellence team uh, that continuously trains our shop assistant, our doctors. Uh, we have a specific uh, audiological protocol that is a a web page that is presented to our customers every time they go through the visit. Uh, there are specific images that reinforce the message, um, establish the trust mechanism that I was talking about. It's, a, it's really a combination of factors to, to deliver the experience that we want to deliver. And then we measure, and then we make it important. We put it on slides, we have conversation, we train. It's a relentless activity for which we are really dedicating a lot of effort. I don't believe we could be number one everywhere in our industry, in our market, if we wouldn't be uh, so obsessed about it. So, you know, among every other thing, um, the security part, no, one is the security as physical security, another is the financial security. Because we can keep doling out beautiful, very good experience type offerings, but the senior is less enamored by them if they do not have enough to pay for their overall healthcare, whether it's medicine or hospitalization or doctor's costs and yeah. everything else. So how do you think this whole ecosystem, which is serving seniors, can work towards or is working towards making their living affordable? Bah, look, that is a, is a big question, man. I wish I, I would have... Uh, uh, you may not have an answer because it's not yeah. a simple problem either, but what I do you think are I, the issues which are holding us back yeah. and what we could I, potentially do? Yeah, I believe we need to remove the silos. Uh, if you think of yourself and myself, uh, what would really matter to us? That the ecosystem of partners and and doctors and divisions and specialties that we need to access to really enjoy fully our life, in particular in this period, but in general, is that they don't work in silos. And that, uh, and that we can get the best level of care and support uh, timely, professionally, and uh, in the most affordable way so that they can really work together. I had the opportunity to live more than 12 years in the United States uh, with my family. Now I'm back in Italy. I'm Italian and I've been here for three, four years. And I'm telling you, I'm already experiencing the differences between the two systems. And, and I have to tell you, 
uh, it's kind of funny because um, I think in the United States, what I've experienced here is that um, the first thing that they're going to ask you the moment you book an appointment is, do you have any insurance? And, uh, and in Italy, the first thing that they uh, ask you uh, every time you book an appointment is, how are you doing? How can we help you? Okay. <laughs> so uh, I know this will be a never-ending conversation and, and, and can be very polarizing as well, in, uh, in particular in the United States. But let me tell you, uh, affordability, uh, healthcare providers not working in silos and so sharing data in the benefit of the individual um, and making sure that we work together to prevent, that we ask more and more, hey, how are you doing? How can we help you instead? What can you afford? I believe this is a, a direction we should definitely uh, develop for the future. And I have the confidence that the younger generations, in my opinion, have more sensitivity on these topics that probably ourselves and, uh, and our dads had in the past. Uh, I see at least my kids, they definitely do that. Now, one is, of course, as you rightly said, that there are silos, there are issues which we have to, some systemic issues we need to solve. So coming back to the technology solution provider. So you are part of that ecosystem. But if yeah. you were to rate the way they are progressing in understanding and serving the needs of seniors, if you were an industry analyst, imagine, and you were mm -hmm. giving your viewpoint on what what's the current state of technology solutions being offered to help make senior care effective? Yes. What is that state? What is that we have done, which is amazing? And where do we still have a long way to go? Yeah, yeah. But uh, let me tell you, the, the things that in my opinion, uh, let, let me take the angle of a financial analyst uh, looking at, uh, at our industry and our trends, right? Uh, we are at the inter intersection between retail and life science. So the first thing that is important to us is that uh, we can be a leader in our market also because there are quite big barriers to, to, to entry because you need to be a doctor, but you also need to be very good at, uh, at managing uh, retail. One of the things that in my opinion, um, we are not doing as uh, probably we should is that in the developed countries, our products are more widely used and retail market is very well, more developed. In emerging countries, access to this type of technologies and this type of uh, products is still, is still limited or uh, the value proposition is on the, on the, on the lower end. Um, and probably uh, is still a very fragmented retail market. So, there are not really big international chains where you can really have standardization of services and economy of scale. So being so fragmented, probably the experience that we give to our customers, it's really, really different and sometimes not for the better. So um, I think this would be the dimension that in my opinion uh, could really improve the experience and our ability to make an impact out there with our, uh, with our communities and customers. Now, that said, uh, a couple of things which do come up where people are trying to make it such that, you know, it becomes business first versus senior first. That's right. Okay. And, and there is nothing wrong because they have to sustain themselves. What would you say has to be the change? Because 
yeah, we are making money and it's an ecosystem we live in where we have to all pay our own bills. But if we were to start focusing on that more versus mm-hmm. seeing what are you doing to the very customer you are serving, yeah. um, then, then it defies the very uh, definition of us being human, right? A human is a human who cares. Yep. So but this is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the, my, my point I was trying to bring up is, is there something which we are left alone company by company to make up our own rules, our own philosophies, our own way of working? Or is there an underlying national or regional or global policies that have been put in place to ensure that seniors, when they get one problem solved, others don't crop up? And if a problem has been solved, it doesn't recur. And there is a governance to make sure everyone behaves and they don't put profit before seniors. Yeah. Look, um, it's a fact that uh, the population is aging and thank God we live longer. Okay. And let's enjoy that first. Uh, Said that, uh, I believe... um, the, the, in my opinion, uh, specific products and specific uh, things like the one we uh, we sell, um, we should probably not leave them only to the private market. So, meaning in some countries we we are lobbying, and some programs are already in place. In some others are not. In some are kind of in the middle to make sure that uh, public healthcare type of institution can contribute for a broader population to have access to this type of product. And it's not yet widely used, approached uh, in the same way, not in the European Union, it's country by country and the level. So aging population, it means that there will be more and more people that we need to be supported throughout their, their, their life longer. And you cannot just count on the ability, the ability of each one of us to have saved and 401ks and whatever to really have health and to have uh, care services being delivered uh, for the future. So this is where, in my opinion, uh, public health care should kick in and making sure that we have basic coverages or the appropriate more than basic uh, coverages for a, for a wider population. I see this probably culturally more in the European markets than uh, in the in US, uh, for instance. And I don't think this is right or wrong. It's about, because the resources are out there, it's about where intentionally you want to put those resources. And I feel like in the European side of the, of the ocean, if you will, there is more sensitivity toward that. Uh, education, uh, justice system, healthcare. These, I feel like even culturally, are more ingrained as values that are attached to the individual the moment you are born, that you don't have to somehow um, gain this type of rights or uh, based on different uh, different attributes like wealth or the place where you were born or uh, if you're North or South America. So I don't want to get too much philosophic about it, but it's also about culture. And I feel like in the European side, a little bit like uh, uh, data privacy. We develop over the years more sensitivity toward that subject than probably in the United States. And uh, there are so many things we are learning about the way of dealing business from the United States that we should adopt and uh, about being more aligned and quick and decisive, but probably there are also things in the old Europe that we should still be proud of and probably other countries should be looking at uh, as, a, as a starting point or a, or a North Star to, to adopt for their own constituents. 
Okay, one last question and just try to answer yeah. it within a minute. What mm-hmm. would you fix in yourself as a leader so that you are leading your company in whatever capacity yeah. you are so that the end result is a much higher quality and a much more effective senior care? Yeah. Look, it's, um, it's, uh, it's tough to be... To be a leader nowadays because I think one of the definition of leadership is really to dealing well with ambiguity okay and uh, and you know you get used to it over time when you manage a big organization because the black and white is easy to manage or is black or it's white and you don't need leaders to manage that is what is within it and it's in the middle so I think me personally I need to get more and more comfortable with ambiguity in particular in this moment and uh, and probably what I need to represent better uh, for my people, the organization, and the stakeholders that I manage every day is more comfort and confidence that anchoring on our core values and competencies and skills and who we are as a, as a people and as individual and as a corporation, uh, that the gray zone, the ambiguity, is going to be managed in the best possible way. And, and also to not uh, forget that, um, you know, life is changed. Over the last 10 months, everything around has changed. We cannot just travel and meet and have a face-to-face conversation. And as much as we want to ignore it, it has an impact. And so management of that ambiguity, in my opinion, is something that we as leaders uh, need to make sure we manage well and we represent for the people that we guide and and that look at us uh, to drive them into the future. They can have trust in us. Yeah. Thank you once again, uh, Andrea, for sharing your insights uh, and thoughts on how we can reimagine senior care and give them a comfortable, safe, and financially secure uh, whatever time they are going to spend moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have fun. Bye. Take care. Thank you. And uh, listeners, uh, please connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.